But I don't think weakening the power of falsehoods ends with content moderation from the tech industry. We have to do our part by urging our loved ones to fact check before sharing posts, encouraging people to understand the consequences of releasing potentially harmful data, and be civil when it comes to debunking myths. Remember, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So if we all chip in and do these things, then we can collectively restore democracy, one that we enjoyed before networks of disinformation tore away at our news feeds and eventually communities close to our heart. You're tuned in to The People's Initiative, a podcast about the communities, places, and events that shape elections in the Philippines. It's Fifi and Jesse. Today, we are going to dive into a familiar topic, which is social media. Two weeks ago, we talked about how disinformation on apps like Facebook and Twitter can affect how we vote in 2022. But we have yet to discuss how content regulation on these platforms feeds into the popularity of fake news online. Yeah, say it louder for the people in the back. Before I say my thoughts on how social networking sites, or SNS, have dealt with misleading posts, I'm curious to know your reaction to Twitter's banning of Donald Trump's account after the former president's supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol last January 6, U.S. time. Okay, so just to jog my memory a bit, I want to run through what went down in the District of Columbia two months ago. Basically, we had rioters supporting U.S. President Trump's attempt to overturn his defeat in the 2020 presidential elections, who stormed the U.S. Capitol. They breached multiple police perimeters, vandalized and raided parts of the building for hours, which led to the evacuation and lockdown of the Capitol. Now, one might think to themselves, no? Why? There really is no other question but why. And basically, it's because Trump's supporters believe that the 2020 election had been stolen from him. Because Trump himself incited it. He told his supporters to storm the Capitol and he even urged protesters, which escalated the entire incident. Now four people have died and he did nothing to condemn the violence. But you know what? Let's not dwell so much on the heavy thoughts because I really want to talk about the photo of people climbing up the walls of the Capitol. Did you know someone made a meme out of it and put the words Assassin's Creed Capital? Not gonna lie, it looked like something straight out of a gaming poster. Mm-hmm. Before I answer that, I just want to say that I agree with you. What happened in the Capitol was something straight out of a horrifically violent video game. So I was definitely shocked that people were capable of showing their discontent towards the so-called election rig in a destructive manner. Add ko lang rin na napaisip ako dahil sa Capitol riot and I ask myself, why are some people willing to harm others to contest the already verified election results when they can just peacefully protest? Well, it's because Trump told them to, like you said. Everything he says and does can mobilize his camp, most of the time for the worse. Kaya mabuti na Trump was permanently banned from Twitter in light of the events in D.C. Although there was swift action, I think that this type of regulation should have been carried out a long time ago. We mentioned in our first episode that the 2016 U.S. and P.H. elections were heavily influenced by social media, given that the political consulting firm Cambridge Analytica took on Rodrigo Duterte and Trump as clients. So we can't deny the power that online posts have on politics. That being said, I would have appreciated it if 
before 2016 patinanggal ng Twitter at ng ibang mga social networks ang mga fake news posts. Kasi, di ba makaka-apekto yun sa pagboto natin? Dahil pinag-uusapan natin to, naalala ko na may sinabi si Miss Maria Elise Mendoza about the effect of social media on the 2016 Philippine presidential run. Ms. Mendoza is a political science associate professor at the University of the Philippines, Siliman, who wrote research on social media and political participation, namely one entitled Hashtag Halalan 2013, Analyzing the Role of Social Media in the 2013 Philippine Senatorial Elections. A lot of news reports, a lot of scholars who have also studied the election would say that 2016 was really the first social media elections. Because from the national scale up to the lo- local scale, mas widespread na yung effect niya. And I think in relation na rin dun sa main theme ng interview natin, which is yung sa Cambridge Analytica and disinformation networks, I would say that those disinformation networks that were propagated during the 2016 elections really, 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 really played a role in shaping people's public opinions. And there are a lot of factors uh, behind that. Before 2016, we had no, almost no concept of a troll. I mean, we don't, we don't have that concept yet. But then after 2016, 2019, we already have that concept because the use of um, social media and yung disinformation networks, na, particularly how advertising and PR strategies have been adapted from their traditional conduct to social media. Ms. Mendoza keeps taking the word out of my mouth. Grabe, sobrang consistent niya since the first episode and I've got no choice but to stand harder. But you know, going back to trolling, no, I feel like to some extent it led to the entire social media mobbing situation that we see online. Because when one speaks up on something that is seemingly controversial because that person does not think the way the majority does, whether they are pro or anti-something, it still creates a rise out of others. It's a little frustrating to me whenever I see it happen because I'm personally not a big fan of cancel culture, even if I do understand the motivations behind it. And I think that this fear of getting singled out and called out makes people afraid to speak out at the same time. We talked about it in our first episode na nagkakaroon ng filter bubble and this bubble makes it harder for people to speak their minds. I think no, this perception of the culture we have now makes trolling and the idea of speaking out coming across as trolling really scary because it's so fast to be misunderstood and at the same time attacked for it. You know what, sis? I am bald right now because my wig flew. This seryoso, cancel culture is more harmful than it is helpful because it punishes people for sharing their opinion, problematic or not. Given that this toxic mindset usually becomes viral online, it makes me wonder if social media is serving us rather than us serving these platforms. PBH, I think it's the latter because the sites we regularly visit became hotbeds for disinformation and consequently political divisiveness. And tech platforms took a long time to respond to these problems pa. Share ko lang din na propaganda campaigns by advertising and political PR firms used people's pent-up frustrations against them and those negative emotions helped make troll accounts which wrote posts that would agree with existing sentiments of a specific demographic. Yun yung dahilan kung bakit effective ang fake news. 
it fuels an existing fire that's been burning for some time now. One that was started since citizens were unsatisfied with a past administration or political event. This is according to Ong and Cabanes' report called Architects of Network Disinformation, Behind the Scenes of Troll Accounts and Fake News Production in the Philippines. It's important to know, Rin, that these tactics are being applied not just in the Philippines, kasi diba, Cambridge Analytica also manipulated the 2016 U.S. elections. So we can see that these campaigns are harmful because they incited worrisome thoughts and behavior. And it's great that Facebook caught on to that as they have made efforts towards stopping fabrications at its tracks. Like Twitter, the site removed President Trump's video message to his supporters. It even blocked him on FB-owned platforms, including Instagram from January 6 until the end of his presidency 14 days later. Facebook's chief executive officer, Mark Zuckerberg, stated that since the pro-Trump camp inflicted a violent insurrection in the U.S. Capitol, he chose to limit Trump's influence in the digital space. Over the past few years, Facebook has deleted content and users inciting hurtful and alienating behavior. But this purge is the first of its kind. You know what? Something's not right. It's the way Facebook suspended Trump only after the riot for me. I mean, couldn't Zuckerberg do something in 2016 or the year before that or the year before that? Yikes, sana hindi masarap ulam ni Mark Zuckerberg. Oh my gosh, baka mabana ako sa Facebook, no? Pero <laughs> digital lang. Feeling ko, either way, may pera naman siya para bumili ng masarap na ulam, no? But this man was so indecisive that it took him years to suspend Trump. Then again, though, it's better that Facebook did something about the politicians' posts. Yun nga lang, it was a little delayed. And kagaya ng binanggit natin earlier, meron ding mga regulations ang Twitter for distorted data. One of them is fact-checking viral tweets independently like those related to politics. Another is labeling fake news as manipulated media. Twitter also shows users a prompt before they try to retweet the news article. In the disclaimer, it says, Headlines don't tell the full story. You can read the article on Twitter before retweeting. But I think Twitter is quicker to react regarding Trump's fake tweets now with all the fact-checking and taking down that they're doing. It's like the way they respond to what he's saying is faster compared to Facebook. I mean, if you really think about it, we saw action on Twitter before we saw it on Facebook. Preach, hunty! Twitter did respond to Trump's misleading messages faster than Facebook during and after the 2020 elections. But in the case of seeking action towards the politician's social media account, Facebook was the first to suspend Trump. Speaking of which, I was taken aback when Facebook took away Trump's power on their platforms because in the past, the company inadequately addressed problems like dishonest content and hate speech. Needless to say that I was a bit impressed with the blocking. On the other hand, their actions against malicious messages were extremely overdue. The same thing goes for Twitter. Sure, the platform banned the politician from tweeting But the damage Trump made has been done. All of this civil unrest could have been prevented if social media leaders controlled the flow of dangerously hostile and untrue data years ago. However, I'm still not quite sold that it is only the responsibility of social networks to regulate disinformation. 
It's a great thing that you mentioned that, Fifi, because we as social media users have a big part to play in stopping the flow of fake news online. After all, this problem did worsen since people started carelessly posting unreliable information on their news feeds. So it's really important to know how we can prevent ourselves and our loved ones from falling victim to disinformation. Ms. Mendoza gave us extremely helpful advice on how to do that. Reporting of troll accounts is not enough. And engagement with trolls, aside from making them earn, engagement with troll accounts or with inauthentic accounts would be useless then kasi you would know already kung ano i-reply nila sa'yo. So, I mean, ano, tawag dito, walang ma-form na discourse doon. So, for me, as an individual citizen, as an individual, what I do is that I engage with authentic accounts. Like, my friends, my family members. I really put comments on their posts. I try my best to explain things. Kasi since we're already tapping into the, the personal nature of people, having a person, having someone close to you or having someone you know talking to you about these things, I believe that. I mean, this is really personal. I believe it's a more effective strategy rather than alienating them, rather than shaming them. She also emphasized how crucial it is to be wary of the social media algorithm. The more that you engage with troll accounts, the more that you're telling platforms like Facebook that this account is relevant and that you like or enjoy seeing this type of content on your feed. Siguro on a bigger scale, even at an individual perspective, individual point of view, you have to beat the algorithm because diba, Facebook has a particular kind of algorithm and the algorithm allows us to see what we want to see see related things to the things we want to see, and the algorithm decides what ends up in our social media feeds. It's time for a little breakdown. What do you think she meant by that? Well, what I understood from that is we users have the power to control what we see on SNS despite it being swayed by an algorithm. Meaning, if we don't interact with sensationalist and untrue posts, then it will signal to social media platforms that we don't want that type of content. As a result, those falsehoods will be featured less on our news feeds. Aside from that, it would be impactful if we were to start a conversation about online content regulation. Whether it be through posting, commenting, or sharing an existing message that calls for better monitoring of what we say on the internet. Malay mo, baka makikita yun ang mga empleyado sa Facebook o Twitter, di ba? And that could possibly set forth positive changes to the social media world. Alam mo, Fifi, grabe ka talaga. I really felt the sun shine down on me when you said that. My skin cleared, my grades went up, and my day instantly got better. But for real though, I feel like beating the algorithm will require an understanding of the algorithm. And frankly, not a lot of people want to take the time to do just that. I wonder though if there's an easy way for people to digest how this works because I believe that an awareness of it will help change things. I mean, if you know how something works and the effects of how that thing works, it will help you recognize its implications and how you can work around that. Just a little food for thought. So I'm really glad that we found resources for learning about our data rights, courtesy of the Own Your Data Foundation. If you want to find out more about this, you can go to ownyourdata.foundation. Now, we weren't paid to say this, but we feel that this could help us understand how to use our power as an internet user responsibly. Since we've talked about online content regulation, I think we should clarify that social media isn't inherently bad. It's only problematic if we use it with malicious intent or unwittingly promote posts that were meant to mislead. Like Ms. Mendoza said, 
social media does us good if used responsibly. Used properly, social media can help Filipinos make informed political decisions and dismantle the way traditional politicians try to woo voters, which is material rewards, too-good-to-be-true campaign promises, populist, populist platforms. And used properly, social media can encourage greater political participation especially among the youth, whether in procedural terms, which is calling upon people to register in elections, vote in elections, and even in substantive terms, which is participating in political discussions online and offline, especially with the current generation in Gen Z's use of social media. And an interesting trend that I've been seeing, you know, use of memes, the Gen Z culture, the use of memes in order to simplify or to put certain political issues in layman's terms allow information to become more digestible to the ordinary citizen. So if used properly, it can lead to all these positive effects. Informed political decisions, tapos not easily swayed by traditional tactics of politicians to come to woo voters. So used properly. But then used negatively, social media can become or is already one big echo chamber. While SNS does have its good and bad sides, I feel like we should all contribute to a better social media atmosphere by practicing being critical about everything we read. I think it's both a little easier for our generation and a little like a drag and inconvenience to do it all the time. I mean, just look at how we look at Wikipedia for fun on casual days. But at the same time, look at Wikipedia with a little judgment on days that we need to write our papers. But ikaw naman, Fifi, how can we users make social media a better online space? Ooh, sis, let me just say that that is some food for thought and I am eating it up. No breadcrumbs here, girl. And, you know, just to add something into the mix, I think it's important for Facebook and Twitter to introduce hardline policies first before community-based efforts against disinformation pop up because the creators of these sites need to set up systems supporting and strengthening the fight against fake news. Instead of waiting for a catastrophic event to unfold, they should already have rules and guidelines in place and implemented to make sure that ill-natured online conversations don't translate into real-life violence and destruction. But I don't think weakening the power of falsehoods ends with content moderation from the tech industry. We have to do our part by urging our loved ones to fact-check before sharing posts, encouraging people to understand the consequences of releasing potentially harmful data, and be civil when it comes to debunking myths. Remember, you catch more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. So if we all chip in and do these things, then we can collectively restore democracy, one that we enjoyed before networks of disinformation tore away at our news feeds, and eventually, communities close to our heart. Alam mo, Fifi, I feel like ang lakalaka na ng ulo ko because I've really been learning a lot, no? I actually really like what you said about doing our part by urging loved ones to fact-check before sharing. Malay natin, no? Ma-pressure yung mga nagpo-post ng mga fake news online. Pero seryoso, I appreciated our convo on the impact of fake news regulation on social media, the ethics of monitoring digital disinformation, and the effect of promoting truth on our political participation. And to conclude our episode on an insightful note, I think we should run through our takeaways for today. To which, I'll start. 
I think we should all gain an awareness or understanding of what is happening and how it works in as many ways as possible, just so we know how to move about it. If you understand what the algorithm is doing in relation to disinformation posts, at least knowing how to choose your battles will help you engage with the right people. And also tell Facebook that, no, I won't be tolerating this type of thing. Ako naman, I think that we have to do our best to not participate in cancel culture because it does not effectively get a person's message across. Instead of calling someone out for their political beliefs, it's best to politely disagree with them and educate them on social issues. In other words, don't antagonize them. That way, the person you're conversing with will actually listen to you and respect you. And just a reminder again, you guys, be careful and be smart about information because as informal as they can be, they can still affect one's thoughts and mindset about things. The more that online word-of-mouth communication becomes normalized, the easier it will be for fake news and gossip to go around. So really, just be vigilant. To add to that, social media was meant to serve us and not the other way around. To prevent users from falling prey to the pitfalls of SNS, we should be aware of how online platforms can not only affect our mindsets, but also our political participation. Now that our discussion on fake news content regulation has come to an end, we'd like to say thanks to everyone who listened to this episode of The People's Initiative, a podcast about the communities, places, and events that shape elections in the Philippines. Once again, I'm Fifi. And I am Jessie, saying goodbye, sana masarap ulam you every day, and stay safe. If you like this episode, then subscribe wherever you are listening to and tune in to our next episode in two weeks. Paalam! Paalam!